What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Football Podcast coming to you on a Friday morning. We're previewing uh, the rest of the Week 3 matchups for you here today. Uh, Cody, we actually got a pretty entertaining game last night uh, between the Browns and the Steelers, which was more than I expected, so uh, that was nice to see. But how are you doing on this uh, Friday morning? Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, I'm glad that you mentioned we're doing this Friday morning because we're going to get a lot of pra- uh, we've gotten a lot of practice information, so a lot of our news and notes are pretty updated by the time you're listening to this. Uh, but myself, I'm doing pretty good. I played the Browns defense in one of my leagues last night, so that uh, fall on the ball touchdown to end the game definitely helped me out quite a bit. And I unfortunately played the Steelers defense in one of my leagues last night, and that did not go quite as well for me. So uh, nice play on the Browns defense. You really little bit cashed in at the end there yeah. on the <laughs> on the touchdown, like you said. But um, Cody, let's go ahead and jump in here. We've got a ton to <coughs> excuse me, a ton to get to today. So I want to uh, get going. I'm going to start with all of the injury stuff, like you said. There's a ton here, so I'm just going to run through everything. Um, and essentially, if I mention somebody uh, that's on your team, just go ahead and monitor his status because, again, these uh, are not final practice reports. Friday is going to tell us a lot about a lot of these guys, but I'm just going to give you a general sense of how uh, how we're feeling about them as of this moment. So uh, I'm going to get going here. <clears throat> uh, Godwin and Julio on Tampa, they both did not practice. Looks like neither one of them will play in week three. Uh, again, we'll look at their Friday practice reports, but expect to not have Godwin or Julio this week. Jerry Judy on the Broncos has not practiced. He has a little bit more of a chance to play, I would say. But again, he's Sunday night, so you're probably going to have to make other plans there. Um, Keenan Allen has been limited in practice so far. He looks like a true coin flip at this point. <clears throat> and uh, again, you're going to be wanting to monitor Keenan Allen's status, make a backup plan uh, for him because he's a 325 game. Herbert has been limited as well. He uh, he should be more – Friday practice should tell us a lot about Justin Herbert's availability. If he's not in, that changes a whole lot, but we'll get to that later when we talk about the game. Kamara has been limited in practice. Looks like he's trending towards playing uh, this week after missing week two. George Kittle, limited in practice, again, looks like he's trending towards playing as well. Was really close last week, so uh, we should see the season debut of George Kittle this Sunday night. Again, you're going to want to make a backup plan for him, though, because he is a Sunday night matchup. Uh, Josh Jacobs missed practice Thursday due to an illness, so uh, that one should be okay. But, you know, those are kind of, you know, it's you don't know uh, what's going on there exactly, so just monitor it, uh, but he should be fine. Gabe, Gabe Davis has said uh, he will be playing this week, but he's been limited in practice, so keep an eye on him, but uh, I would expect him to play. Swift and TJ Hawkinson were both limited uh, for the Detroit Lions. Uh, both are trending towards playing. Uh, I had a quote from Dan Campbell that said Swift is in a better spot at this point uh, this week than he was this point last week, and he ended up playing last week, so I would expect him to be in. And uh, probably get more work than he did last week as well. Uh, James Conner has been limited in practice. Uh, he actually did not practice Wednesday, limited Thursday. He's on the uh, on the fence there. Uh, might ha- it does have a chance to play though uh, one week after his injury, so that's pretty pretty good news I would say. Uh, Michael Pittman limited in practice. He's leaning towards coming back against Kansas City. Uh, the Colts really need him too. Uh, Alan Lazard limited in practice on Wednesday. Did not practice Thursday. Don't like to see the downgrades midweek, especially because it's a new injury for Lazard, not the same one that made him miss week one. It's an ankle problem, so 
I would watch him, but I'd probably be looking elsewhere uh, just because of the matchup and because of this ankle issue. Dalton Schultz is going to do some work on Friday. Uh, a quote from the Dallas Beat reporter that I saw this report from. I don't really know what that means, but he did not practice Wednesday or Thursday, so I would be looking elsewhere, especially because he plays Monday night and uh, might be limited even if he does play. He has a PCL sprain. Usually that should, that should take one or two weeks to come back from, so I would not expect him in. Uh, Renfro, Hunter Renfro in the concussion protocol has not practiced yet. Uh, if he gets cleared, he should be good to go. This is like T Higgins last week. Uh, if he's in, he's going to be a full go, but, um, you know, you just got to monitor that report and he's kind of on the borderline of being in your lineup anyway. So I'd probably make other plans. Uh, and Jacoby Myers after his 13 target week two and a good matchup against Baltimore. A lot of people picked him up, but he has not practiced yet this week with a knee issue. Uh, I, again, you're just going to want to monitor there. Nelson Aguilar is actually interesting to me if McCott Myers sits because, uh, you know, he'd be the main guy in a in the passing attack for New England against a pretty weak Baltimore secondary to this point. That is all of the injury updates that I could find on fantasy-relevant players. Cody, anything you want to react, react to specifically or um Yeah, go ahead, go ahead and take a deep breath. That was a lot you had to get out there. Um Ooh. Yeah, no, the Kittle, the Kittle practice ten, ten, uh, trending towards playing. I like that, but um, I would probably try and pick up Oguibanam if he's out there. If you have Kittle or Schultz, uh, just because they're both, they're all kind of in that last two games. So if you need to pivot quickly, you can. Um, but other than that, I think you nailed most of the other injuries. Of course, keep an eye on them. Uh, you know, you never know. Sunday morning, these guys could wake up not feeling their best and uh, end up being a late second scratch. So. Make sure you have those pivot options ready on your team. Uh, but, Nick, I'm ready. You want to jump into the Thursday night recap? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you Sweet. can take the lead on the Thursday night recap, Cody. Awesome. Yeah, so pretty good game, actually. Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland Cleveland ended up winning 29-17 thanks to a uh, basically end-of-the-game fumble recovery touchdown, like we had mentioned. Um, we'll start here on the Pittsburgh side. Honestly, I like Deontay. He gets enough targets that he has to be fantasy relevant, but he drops so many footballs. And I know some of them were somewhat contested, but there were a couple that he definitely should have. Like if you're going to be a top caliber wide receiver, you have to catch those. I mean, he could have had a monster fantasy day if he could have hauled a couple more in. Um, but from this point on, I think you have pretty good confidence playing him as a wide receiver too, just based on volume alone. Um, my biggest takeaway is Najee just doesn't look explosive out of the backfield. I mean, their backup running back looks a lot more explosive. I don't know if it's the lingering injury that might be an issue or like, he just seems to be, he's always trying to go left or right in the backfield. Like he never just hits the hole and just burst through it. He's always trying to juke or spin someone out and he's always right around the line of scrimmage. So very frustrating to watch as a Najee owner and someone who really, you know, wants him to break out. Um, and then last note for Pittsburgh, the defense is just not the same without TJ Watt. Uh, J Jacoby Brissett kind of tore this defense up surprisingly, uh, probably because he had more time than he would have if TJ Watt was back there. Um, Nick, did I miss anything on Pittsburgh that you'd like to bring up? No, I don't think so. I like the point you made about Najee there. I feel like uh, the bad O-line may have created some bad tendencies for Najee because uh, I just feel like if you have to deal with people in the backfield so often on handoffs, you might be a little tentative to hit the hole that you are designed to hit because you have to change your, you know, change your direction so much because your line can't 
you know, fill the play correctly. So uh, I think that's a good point on Najee. And then, yeah, the Pittsburgh defense probably shouldn't be viewed as a tough matchup while TJ Watt is out. Yeah, for sure. And then on the Cleveland side, Nick Chubb is really, really good. No surprise there. Um, He's definitely someone, would you consider him, because we're about to go into buy low, sell high, would you consider selling Chubb at the value that he's at now, or do you think you just kind of hold on to him and you may have gotten a steal at the second or third round? If you can get premium RB1 value for Chubb, I'd go ahead and sell him, but he's just really good, so I think I would probably ride it out, especially in a non-PPR league, but um, yeah, I mean, if you want to cash in on the four touchdowns in the first three weeks, I don't really blame you. This is probably as high as his value is ever going to be. Yep, for sure. And then uh, Cooper and Njoku showed up in huge ways yesterday. Njoku in a full PPR league put up 28 fantasy points for me, so that was huge. Um, And then Cooper, I didn't see what Cooper uh, ended up with last night, but he was involved throughout, and he also had a couple of drops that could have um, had one, one big drop and then one play where he just ran out of bounds, both pretty decently sized uh, passing play, so he could have had an even better day. Um, but I think Cooper, he's a flex level confidence. I'm I'm going to be a little bit hesitant with Brissett at his uh, as his quarterback. Um, but if you have to play Cooper, I think you can start to do it with a little bit more confidence now. Yeah, I like the condensation of targets here. Uh, 21 of 31 targets went to Njoku or Cooper in this game. That's what you like to see in a low volume passing offense. Uh, that's how two guys get relevance. So if uh, if he continues to, you know, condense these targets between these two guys, they'll both be relevant. But um, I'm still a little hesitant to buy Cooper completely. He looked good. Uh, seven for 101 on a score is a good night. And like you said, he could have even had a bigger night. But, um, you know, I might be selling high on Cooper, as you will get to in a little bit here. All right. Yep, absolutely. So uh, we'll go ahead and move into my buy low, sell high candidates for this week. Um, I might try and get this put out on our Tuesday show just so that way you can have some more time to kind of try and trade for these guys. By the time you're listening to it, they could have already had, you know, pretty decent week three. So by low one Dalvin cook, I think for one, he is, uh, the cook manager has to be a little bit frustrated. He was a first round pick, uh, put up 13 and six points in full PPR. So definitely, um, definitely concerning he had low rushing attempts in week two but he ran a route on almost every passing down for minnesota so i think that they've just been in you know non-favorable game scripts for him and i think that against detroit he could definitely tear up a pretty weak uh rush defense but like i said if you're listening to this before sunday and you can start talking to the uh Dalvin Cook owner i definitely would because he may have a big week three which would kind of kill this by low but Definitely someone to target. And then the other one I have is Brees Hall. Uh, I think since draft season, his, and I could even maybe even throw Travis Etienne in here, but I wouldn't yet. With Brees Hall, uh, draft season to now, his draft, his stock has probably gone down a little bit. So I think you could probably trade him for a, um, you know, every week flex level player. And the Brees Hall manager might be needing to make a move if they need to fill another roster spot. And if you have a good, uh, you know, deep roster, you could put him on your bench until he takes over that lead role. I think that that's a really good uh, opportunity there. Nick, anything about Brees or Dalvin that you'd like to throw in? 
I like the call on Dalvin Cook. Like you said, though, you're probably going to have to make that move before this week. I think this game against Detroit is going to be really telling one way or another. If he has a good week, uh, you know, the, the buy low is not going to be there anymore. If he has a bad week, then, you know, you might actually have some red flags with Dalvin Cook here. So uh, you're probably going to have to do that before Sunday. And then Brees Hall. I like as well. He's probably you're probably just gonna have to have patience with him, but uh, yeah, I mean he looks good when he has the ball in his hands, and if he emerges later in the year, he could be a really valuable asset. So uh, yeah, definitely buy low on Brees Hall if you can. Yep, absolutely. And then I have two sell high candidates. I'm gonna go ahead and start with one that we already talked about, Namari Cooper. Uh, two solid weeks in a row, and I think the biggest thing for me is Brissett actually looked pretty comfortable and solid back there at quarterback, um, but. I kind of put him and Brees Hall right next to each other because if you had Amari Cooper and you could trade him for Brees Hall, uh, is that something you would consider, Nick, or do you think Brees Hall needs to show a little bit more first? I think it just kind of depends on your roster construction. Um, if you are pretty solid at wide receiver, I like this move. I think that's probably most fantasy managers. is a little bit easier to have wide receiver depth than RB depth. So if that's the case, I'd go ahead and make the move. Um, Probably wouldn't if Cooper's in my lineup and I would have to severely downgrade to, you know, get rid of him. But, uh, yeah, if you have wide receiver depth, I'd go ahead and uh, make that move. Cool. And then the last one for you guys, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I am a CEH truther. I think he is going to be really good for fantasy football, but his value is probably the highest it's been since the beginning of his rookie season. Uh, coming, back, coming off of RB6 and RB10 performances the last two weeks, um, and I think he looks to be the most second valuable piece in one of the best offenses in football. I think he's a great two-for-one candidate, and you could go get yourself a top-tier running back by packaging Clyde with another solid wide receiver. And, you know, you got to have those top-tier guys if you want to win a championship. So I think this is a good opportunity to do so. Uh, if he does have another good week three, I would 100% sell him at that point because, again, he's... He's a smaller running back. He's been injury prone in the past. He's one injury away from his, you know, his value kind of plummeting back to where it was at the beginning of the season. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm on board with Clyde. I've, I've said I've been wanting to sell high on him uh, so far this year after weeks one and two. So I am uh, 100% on board there. And then with Cooper, uh, yeah, we, we talked about it. Just um, just make sure you got the wide receiver depth to do it, but both good calls there, Cody. For sure. All right, Nick, value up, value down. Let's hear what you're, uh, what you're thinking with a couple of big names here. So this segment is, you know, somewhat similar to what we just did as far as buy low, sell high. We're just, you know, trying to find the guys that have uh, a little bit higher values than their, their draft capital. But these are guys that I think have tangibly moved up my draft, you know, like my, if we were to redraft today, these are guys that have actually moved up my draft board. Uh, not necessarily just guys that have had two good weeks, you know, guys that I feel like have actually seen tangible changes in their, their roles or what have you, and are actually more valuable the rest of the season. Uh, not just, you know, there are some guys that maybe have scored touchdowns in the first couple of weeks that I wouldn't say are any more valuable than they were to start the start the year. So let's go ahead and start with my value up players. I'm going to do one from each position. Uh, at quarterback, uh, Tua Tungavailoa is my answer for Miami. Um, the wide receiver duo, duo looks elite. Uh, I'm not going crazy. I'm not saying he is a lock, locked in every week starter, but uh, from a guy that was probably a, a mid-tier backup, I'd say he's found his way into the low-end QB1 range for the rest of the season uh, because, uh, as we saw against Baltimore last week, uh, his wide receivers are going to provide him you know, games where he, they just break 
break the slate. So um, I think Tua is in the low-end QB1 uh, discussion for the rest of the year. Looks good so far. Saquon Barkley is my guy for the running back position. Uh, this is just about health for him. He looks healthy, and his role has been there. Week two is a little bit disappointing uh, based off of the week one, but he's had two relatively tough matchups so far, has done just fine. And if he's touching the ball this much, especially in the passing game, he's going to have a super high floor. So I like Barkley as an RB1 the rest of the year. Uh, my wide receivers, I cheated a little bit here just because I couldn't pick one, but I went with all of the rookie first-round wide receivers, obviously other than Jamison Williams because he hasn't played yet, but I think all five of them have probably seen their value go up from where they were on draft day, uh, in redraft leagues especially, obviously in uh, Dynasty as well, but London and Garrett Wilson especially have vaulted into basically start-worthy start territory. I'd say uh, Wilson may be wide receiver 2-3 area, London maybe even in the solid wide receiver 2 range at this point. And then uh, Dotson, Burks, and Alave, all of them have seen their values go up, especially Alave. I think he could break out really soon. Uh, he got 13 targets last week. Uh, but yeah, Dotson and Burks are both guys that should be rostered and uh, both guys you can play if you're desperate. Dotson more so than Burks right now. Uh, but yeah, both of them are looking good to start the year. Just This is just a reminder. Always draft rookie first round wide receivers. They're usually drafted in the yeah, first round for a reason. Even if, even if their uh, role does not seem clear to start the year, you know, these guys are really good. The cream rises in the NFL. Uh, most of these guys' values go up as the year goes on, and, and it's only week two, or excuse me, week three, and uh, you know they're already on the way up. So that's just a reminder there to always draft for your first-round wide receivers. And then tight end, Pat Fryermuth. Uh, had a little bit of a disappointing game last night, so I felt better about this when I uh, put this in the dock last night. But, you know, he's still been involved. He's been the number two in targets on Pittsburgh uh, basically all three weeks so far. So I think Fryermuth is a solid starter the rest of the year. Uh, last night's disappointing game notwithstanding. Uh, let's get to my guys that I have valued down. Um, from the quarterback position, disappointing for me to say Joe Burrow uh, this is a guy that we were actually kind of blow on to start the year so maybe not value down for me personally but value down for the industry for sure uh, the O-line is really the only question here Burrow I mean has not looked great so far I'm not really worried about him as a player at all but uh, if the O-line can't figure it out it's going to be really tough for him to have that breakout year a lot of people were expecting um, you know it's just some games that he's not going to have any time to throw if this line trouble continues. And if that's the case, no matter how good his wide receivers are, he's going to struggle. Uh, running back position, Travis Etienne. This one makes me sad. I have a, a pretty heavy investment in him in our keeper league. But uh, he's been the clear 1B so far to James Robinson. Uh, I would not be dropping him, certainly. I think he will uh, have a more expanded role as the year goes on, but you got to wait until you see a little bit more involvement week to week because uh, it's tough to trust the second guy on Jacksonville, even with that offense being improved. Uh, you know, Not quite enough there to go around for the, the second guy to be a, a must-start. So uh, Travis Etienne is a hold, but definitely has fallen since his draft day value. Uh, on the wide receiver position, that's Allen Robinson from the Rams. I'm pretty concerned here. I just really think I haven't seen uh, the explosiveness that I that I hoped I would from Robinson. That's never really been his calling card, but he needs to get a little bit of separation to to make you know the targets come his way. Higby has been a much more involved part of the offense uh, through two weeks so far, and that's not something I necessarily expected. So. 
Uh, and Cooper Cup has just not taken a step back at all. I figured we would see a little bit of a statistical regression. Looks like that won't happen. Uh, I think Allen Robinson's more of a wide receiver three the rest of the year. You're probably going to have to get a touchdown out of him to be happy week to week. So hopefully, you know, if he ends up with a 10 or 11 touchdown season, he could probably salvage his year. But I think he's going to need that to, uh, you know, to, to pay off on his draft capital this year. And then tight end is Kyle Pitts. Uh, this one is probably the one I would say I have the least concerns about season long moving forward. But, man, it has been really rough to start two games of two for 19 complete duds out of Kyle Pitts so far. Drake London's emergence has been kind of a problem for his target volume. Uh, but I like Pitts long term. I think he will figure it out. He's still a starter uh, at the tight end position. But, man, those first two weeks have been pretty scary. So it's definitely worth monitoring there. But, um, you know, there's not much you can do with Pitts. you got you got to keep starting him if you drafted him because you, you spent a pretty high pick on a tight end there. So, Cody, anything uh, about these value up, value down guys you want to get into further? Um, you know, I just have one thing that really stuck out to me, and it's your first-round rookie wide receivers. And I find it interesting that, you know, with like a Brees Hall, we were uncertain if he was going to be the lead guy there, but people were willing to pay up as much as a fourth-round pick to add him to their roster. And all of these, you know, all of these players that got drafted to be a potential wide receiver one for their teams – all got drafted week around seven or later. So you're right. Like these rookie wide receivers, we always find ways to talk ourselves down on their value. And they always seem to be able to explode pretty early in the season. Whereas a lot of times running backs are more of a um, by committee position or they split time until they prove that they can be the starter. So just kind of interesting going into next year, if we kind of see that trend continue, um, but yeah, I like your note on the first round wide receivers. They've all looked really good. And then I agree with Allen Robinson. I think the most, he just, you know, Cooper, uh, Cooper Cup's going to have the majority of the targets in that offense. And he's probably going to have to score a touchdown to be relevant. I could see him and Tyler Higby kind of, uh, you know, Higby's targets kind of coming back down. Maybe Robinson gets a few more, but he still hasn't looked very impressive actually on the field. And then Kyle Pitts, I was considering putting him in my uh, buy low category. But, you know, for one, with the draft capital spent on him, it's going to be hard to buy low on him unless you have another, like, starter level tight end you could probably send back. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of concerned. Like he, looks, like, he looks like a really good athlete and stuff, but for some reason, I mean, two straight weeks he's been irrelevant just it has me more concerned that i probably would wait to trade for him i mean if you really want him you have to do it now but i kind of want him to see i want to see him look really good and get in the end zone before i you know were to trade a good asset for him yeah we just haven't seen the connection there with Mariota yet and until we do it's hard to completely trust him but yeah like you said if you have him on your team you're pretty much starting him uh, because you paid a third or fourth round pick for him. And that's, you know, at the tight end position, that's a very premium selection. So you're going to have to keep him in your lineup. Oh, yeah. All right. That was value up, value down and uh, buy low, sell high. Uh, we are going to head and start these matchups now. Uh, we're going to go ahead and start with the 12 o'clock slate games. We'll move through the AFC home games, then the NFC home games. Then same for the 3 o'clock slate. We'll go uh, AFC home games, NFC home games for the 3 o'clock slate, and then uh, the Sunday night and the Monday night game. In that order, if you're looking for a matchup you need, 
that is how we're going to structure it. We'll try to put in time codes in the description as well so you guys can find the, uh, the matchups you need to listen to. We're going to start with Oakland at Tennessee. Oakland favored by 2.5 points on the road over under 45.5 here. Uh, that line is super telling to me for how Vegas views Tennessee right now. Uh, not a lot of confidence for the Titans after getting shellacked by the Bills on Monday Night Football. Uh, we'll start with Oakland. Quarterback Derek Carr, uh, I would put him in the low-end starting category this week. Uh, the Tennessee secondary has looked really weak so far, and uh, you know I think that should give him a pretty high floor. I'd call him a streamable option at the position. Uh, running back Josh Jacobs, I mentioned earlier that he missed practice Thursday because of an illness, so definitely keep that in mind, but uh, the matchup doesn't scare you. He's uh, probably a back-end RB2 like you drafted him to be. Uh, I've got a few names here I want to run through so we can get a temperature check on Josh Jacobs. Uh, would you rather start Josh Jacobs or Zeke at the Giants? Oh, that hurts so bad because I have Zeke in so many leagues. But um, <laughs> I think I'd still lean Zeke for right now. But it's like if one one more bad Zeke week and I would put Jacobs over him. Jacobs or Miles Sanders against uh, the Commanders? Miles Sanders has looked really impressive, um, but I think I'm going to lean Jacobs only because Miles Sanders just gets a lot of touchdowns stolen from him, so TDs are going to be hard to come by. Um, so I think I'd lean Jacobs there, but those two are, are very close. If you were to start Sanders over him, I, I could understand the argument. And then maybe a flex consideration here, Josh Jacobs or Christian Kirk? Ooh, I think I'm going to ride the hot hand and go with Christian Kirk, uh, but he does have a tough matchup against the Chargers this week. So, um, again, if you wanted to go Jacobs and, and kind of avoid the uh, tough matchup, I'd understand that as well. But I would personally play Kirk. Devontae Adams is in your lineup. Uh, no questions, even after the tough week two. Hunter Renfro has not practiced yet. Like I said, uh, the concussion is the issue there. Uh, but yeah, like if he's in, he will play a full allotment of snaps. Usually the concussion is pretty black and white from an injury standpoint. I'd put him in the wide receiver three category if he plays only in PPR. I'm probably not looking his way in half and nine. Uh, tight end, Darren Waller, you're definitely starting him. Uh, he's looked solid to start the year, especially if Renfro misses, he gets a bump up. And like we said, this is kind of a weaker secondary, so he should be fine. Uh, moving on to the Tennessee side. Anything else you want to add on Oakland Cody, or can we move on to Tennessee? Nope, I think you nailed it. Tennessee side, Ryan Tannehill, I'd call him a low-end QB2 for Superflex. You're not really considering him as a streamer in one QB leagues, uh, unless you're playing in a 16 Yeah, it makes me sad league. I have to start him in one of my Superflex leagues. It's just, I see him down there, and it's so sad that he's in my lineup. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, this is this is really the matchup Tannehill has to cash in on if he's going to have any sort of relevance moving forward. Uh, yeah. Running backs, Derrick Henry, he's in your lineup, but uh, this is kind of a make-or-break game for him. Uh, if he duds again, I think you are hitting the panic button, but if he goes off, I might try to sell high on him. I, I, I have been hesitant to say that with Henry so far this year, but with Taylor Luan's injury possibly being out for the year, I think there's a chance this O-line is just really bad and that's going to hamper Henry, obviously the rest of the year. So if he can have a good game against a weaker Oakland defense, or excuse me, I keep saying Oakland, Las Vegas defense, um, if he can have a good game against this this team, then I think I might sell high on him just because I, it's going to be hard for him to consistently produce uh, with this bad offensive line. Um, wide receivers, uh, I think the only guy you're considering is Traylon Burks. I, I still I want to see him get on the field more. They've been reluctant to fully unleash him, but he's really been the only guy on the outside that's uh, offered any sort of explosiveness uh, for this Titans team, so they really need him. And 
I think he's the only guy in the passing game I'm even glancing at, to be honest with you. Uh, other than Kyle Phillips is a decent PPR, deep league PPR flex, I think is the only way I'll say that. He should get, you know, a decent amount of targets and catches just because he is the slot guy. Uh, in this offense right now, but he's also injured as well, so you have to take a take a look at that if you are thinking about starting him. And then uh, at tight end, Austin Hoover, I'd call him a streamer, but uh, yeah, I'm probably looking elsewhere. Yep, I agree with Austin Hooper. I I would definitely be looking elsewhere. And then also Derrick Henry, just a couple things to note. Um, he has hit that magic age for running backs where they typically fall off a cliff. So if he does have a really good week three, I would also consider selling high on him. I have him in a league. Um, I thought he fell to me at the draft, and I was super happy I got him. But he's getting hit in the backfield a lot, and he's just he's not getting running down downhill like he has been in the past few years. So, um, you know, I would definitely if if he has a good game, I would watch it and just see how the offense look and, and how he looks. If he looks better, I would maybe consider keeping him. But he's definitely in that sell high category if he has a great week three. Yeah, we really haven't seen Derrick Henry uh, operate with a below-average offensive line for an entire year, and uh, that, that could be a big problem for him with his running style. So for uh, sure. I think I would agree there. Uh, moving on to Kansas City at Indianapolis. KC favored by 6.5 in this one. Over-under is 50.5. Uh, we're going to start on the KC side here. Patrick Mahomes, you're playing him, no doubts. Uh, running backs, Clyde Edwards-Elair, we talked about him in the sell-high segment. Uh, he's still in the RB2 category for me. Tough front seven for the Colts. I think Clyde's going to need more than the 12 touches he received in weeks one and two to, uh, excuse me, 12 touches in each weeks one and two to have a good game against the Colts unless he scores. But, uh, yeah, he's still in that low-end category because he is the lead guy on a great offense that has uh, you know a game with a pretty high over-under here. So we have a few names I want to run through, see how you're feeling about Clyde Edwards-Elair. Clyde or Jeff Wilson against the Broncos? I'm going Clyde. I'm, I'm definitely going Clyde in full PPR and half PPR. I would consider Jeff Wilson in non-PPR. Clyde or Drake London against the Seattle Seahawks? Uh, now this is, if you're making this decision, you drafted pretty freaking well. Um, <laughs> I think I would go Drake London just because he looks to be the number one receiver in Atlanta and him and Moriota look pretty good together. So I would lean London, uh, I think in all, or at least in, in half and full PPR. And then if you want the running back floor and non, I would understand Clyde there. Clyde or AJ Dillon at Tampa Bay? Um... You know, with Alan Lazard's injury, I think we're going to a running back heavy offense this week. Um, Aaron Jones does look to be the clear guy, but they they are splitting uh, a good amount of snaps. I guess I would lean Dylan in non PPR, but I'm still going Clyde in half and full. Yeah, that's a good call. I would agree with that one, and uh, I agree on. Actually, I think I would take Jeff Wilson and Drake London over Clyde, but it's close. I wouldn't argue with you either way there. Yeah. Uh, wide receivers for the Chiefs. Uh, you know, you can try to shoot your shot here. I think Juju's the guy I would choose if I had to pick one, but uh, we've kind of talked about this ad nauseum with these Chiefs guys. Uh, it's just probably going to be a different one each week, and one of them, one of them, or two of them is going to have value, but it's going to be hard to tell who that's going to be week to week. 
Uh, I've got a few guys here. I want to gauge your interest on Juju. Uh, Juju or Allen Robinson against the Arizona Cardinals. If, if you're making this decision, then you probably didn't draft as well as you thought you did on draft night. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would probably lean Allen Robinson. My only thing with any of these guys in this Chiefs wide receiver room is they're most likely going to have to score a touchdown to be really fantasy relevant. I think Allen Robinson's kind of in that same category, but... I think Allen Robinson has a higher chance, so I would go Robinson. Juju or Garrett Wilson? Garrett Wilson, without a doubt. He's looked amazing. Juju or Daryl Henderson against uh, the the Cardinals as well? Yeah, so this one's a little bit tougher for me. Um, I think in half and full PPR, I would just go Juju and hope he kind of gets a good target share this week, and then Daryl Henderson in non-PPR just for the rushing upside, of course. And then you can take your shot on MBS too. I would rank him, you know, just a couple spots behind Juju, really. He's been on the field just as much and has seen a similar target share. Juju's seen a few more because of his week one. But, um, yeah, I, I think you can take your shot on MBS too. He has a higher chance to hit that uh, bomb touchdown too. So just keep that in mind with MBS. Yep. Travis Kelsey are absolutely starting. Uh, on the indie side, Matt Ryan. Man, we need to see him look good. I think this is more of an NFL perspective than anything. We're just kind of keeping an eye on Ryan, hoping to see something. He's a low-end QB2 in uh, Superflex Leagues. Jonathan Taylor, you're starting. Naheem Hines, I'd say it's flex-worthy in PBR. Should see plenty of opportunities in this game, especially if the Colts are trailing. Uh, I would expect you know a decent amount of targets here. So in a full PPR league, you can start Hines in the flex, but I think that's the only spot I'm looking at him in, not, not considering him in half and non. And then uh, in the wide receiver room, Michael Pittman, you're playing him if he starts. You a- They absolutely need him uh, right now. Yeah, clearly, last week showed that. And then uh, I think Ashton Doolin's kind of interesting in DFS. He's been the clear number two guy, but only if Alec Pierce sits. Uh, he actually practiced earlier this week as well. So if he, if he plays, I'm just looking at Pittman and no one else here. And then uh, the tight end room doesn't really have any options worth considering. Anything you want to get to on Indy or Casey? Nope, I think I think you nailed Indy. Not a lot of excitement there, but if Michael Pittman plays this week, definitely start him. Don't be don't be afraid of the injury. He's going to be needed yeah. in that offense. Indy's pretty easy. Start Taylor and Pittman, and Hines is flex-worthy in PPR. That's about it. For sure. Uh, Buffalo at Miami. Uh, this is kind of the, the game of the week. Everybody is circling at this point. Buffalo favored by six points on the road against Miami. Over-unders 52 and a half. Buffalo is very good, people. They are uh, an excellent football team. To be favored by this much on the road against Miami after what they showed last week is impressive. We're going to start on the Buffalo side. Um, Josh Allen, you're absolutely starting. Devin Singletary, I would call a low-end flex option. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, it's hard to trust any one of these Bills running backs right now. I don't have a lot of confidence. I think I'd be looking to pivot if I could, possibly. But um, I'm still holding Devin Singletary. I feel like he is the guy that will emerge if any one of them does in a consistent manner for fantasy. Uh, Wide receiver room. Stephon Diggs, you are absolutely starting him. I can't wait to watch Diggs versus Xavier Howard. Uh, Howard actually missed practice earlier this week, so if he doesn't play, you can slightly bump up Diggs. I mean, you are obviously already starting him, but maybe uh, he's more viable in a DFS situation. Uh, Gabe Davis, you're playing him if he plays, uh, but yeah, just monitor that situation. Looks like he's leaning towards playing. Uh, McKenzie and Crowder, I think we're really hoping that one of these guys emerges as the main slot guy. If they keep splitting duties, it's going to be hard to trust either one of them. You're throwing a dart really at that point, but if one of them emerges, they could have some value. So 
worth stashing either one of these guys. I would lean towards McKenzie just because he's the younger player with a little more upside. And then uh, Dawson Knox, I'd say he's a streaming level tight end, but uh, combined with his limited injury designation, I'd probably be looking elsewhere. He just hasn't been incredibly involved so far. You're kind of hoping for a touchdown there. Anything you want to add on the Bills? Nope, you nailed it. Um, if Dawson Knox does play and there's not a better option, I don't mind putting him out there just because this offense is elite. So I I want tight ends that are playing in good offenses, but you're right. If, they're, if the injury continues to linger on the Friday reports and there's a better option out there, don't be afraid to pivot. Yeah, the Bills are another team that's pretty easy at this point. You're starting Allen, you're starting Diggs, you're starting Davis. The rest of the guys are kind of dart throws at the flex yeah. position. You don't really want to start uh, the then, other guys <laughs> if you can. Yeah, right. Yeah, you just don't know which one is going to be the one to uh, to, to fill that auxiliary role on this offense. And on the Miami side, uh, Tua Tungavailoa coming off the huge week two. Uh, this is going to be a really telling matchup for him. A tough defense at home. Uh, you know, I, I think that if he can come through in this game, he's really going to vault himself into almost must-start category at the QB position. Uh, we have a few names here I want to run through real quick. Would you rather start? Let's see. Let's just rank all these guys real quick. Tua, Russell Wilson, uh, Tom Brady, or Kirk Cousins, Cody? Yeah, so for this week, I, I put these four names on here because I think I'd go Cousins 1, Tua 2, Russ 3, Brady 4, just with their current situations in the matchups this week. I think uh, Russ and Tua are the two closest names to me just because I think Tua, like, this could be a really tough you know matchup for him. That, that defensive line might just be all over him the entire game and he might not be able to hit those receivers downfield, so... Uh, those two are kind of flippable for me, but again, I'd go Cousins, Tua, Russ, Brady out of those four names. Yeah, I think I would have the same order. I might have a little bit of a different uh, tier break there. I think I would have, honestly, Cousins and Tua pretty far above Russ and Brady at this point, just because uh, Russ and Brady really are not going to have many options to throw, especially Brady is going to be out. Probably Evans, Godwin, and Julio. That is not ideal at all. And uh, if Russell Wilson doesn't have Jerry Judy, this offense looked pretty, pretty bad from a pass catching standpoint without uh, without Judy and obviously without Tim Patrick for the year. So I think I would lean the other two for sure, and uh, Russ and Brady would be farther behind. Uh, running backs, this is a tough one. Uh, we've got Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert here. I'm not really sure who I want to start. I think I would lean Edmonds in PPR and Mostert in half and non, but. I really want uh, another week to just kind of get more information on this backfield, see if we can notice any sort of trends here as far as, you know, why one of these guys is getting more work than the other. So I think I'm trying to sit them if I can. But, uh, Cody, do you have anything you want to add on the Dolphins running backs? I'm, I'm pretty confused here. Yeah, I'm confused too. Both these guys, if you have a deep enough roster, I, I wouldn't start either. I would just hold and see what the split looks like this week. Um I mean, we're coming off week one. Chase Edmonds was the main guy. Week two, Mostert was the main guy. So, I mean, it's a complete question mark for who's going to be leading this backfield. Um, but, again, both guys should be rostered because it's clear if one of them were to get injured, the other would take over the backfield to me. So, hold for now if you can. Um, but if you have to play one or the other, I guess I would lean Mostert just because he was more recently involved. But that's not saying much. It's very, very low confidence. 
Wide receiver room, you're definitely starting Tyreek and Waddle going forward. They're in your lineup. Uh, and then the tight ends, Mike Gesicki. I don't think I'm chasing the touchdown from last week. Good to see him get involved. If he uh, has another decent game, he could probably work his way onto the streaming radar, but uh, I would not be starting Gesicki this week. Anything else you want to add on Buffalo-Miami? Uh, on Gesicki, the Dolphins coaching staff has said that they want to get him more involved, but when you have two playmakers like Tyreek and Waddle in the passing game, I feel like Gesicki is just going to be more of an ancillary option. So, again, I again low-end streamer. I'm not chasing the tight end from last week. I would want to see him do it consistently before I consider adding him to my roster. Yeah, when you have uh, your best-case scenario as being a distant third option in a passing <laughs> offense that's led by Tua Tungavailoa, I'm not incredibly confident in your prospects. So I think Kaseki may be streamable in some certain matchups, but uh, at this point we're looking elsewhere at the tight end position. Moving on to Baltimore at the Patriots. Baltimore is favored by three points in this one, over under 43 and a half. Uh, starting on the Ravens' side, you're starting Lamar Jackson for sure. Running backs, J.K. Dobbins uh, has practiced in full this week once again, but I I think we would both agree that we want to wait and see it from him before we start him, so you're going to just have to hold him another week. Hopefully he plays and shows you something. That way you can get him into your lineup moving forward. But Dobbins, I'm waiting. I am playing wait and see there. Uh, wide receiver room, Rashad Bateman. I think I would probably play him again. He looked good last week, had a really, really strong first half, had that huge play uh, of 77-yard touchdown, but... You know, kind of uh, fell off after that. Didn't really see a ton of involvement once the Ravens' offense stagnated in the second half. Um, how do you feel about Bateman right now? Are you are you confident starting him in your wide receiver two spot, or are you a little more hesitant? Oh uh, yeah, I would start him in my wide receiver two spot. I think where you got him in the draft, you're probably um, depending on your roster construction, looking to start him in the wide receiver two or flex role. So. I would have confidence in him. I mean, I think he's the clear number two pass catching option behind Mark Andrews in this offense. And they just have shown an inability to run the football. So until Dobbins is back and maybe Gus Edwards is back and this team's run heavy again, I would definitely start Bateman. And then uh, Mark Andrews are starting for sure. See a note here that uh, Cody just traded for Mark Andrews in a 12-team league, traded J.K. Dobbins and Gabe Davis. I think that's a pretty solid deal. Fair value going both ways, but I, I probably like your end a little bit more, not knowing what the rosters look like. But, uh, yeah, Mark yeah. Andrews is absolutely fantastic. It's a, it's a relatively shallow starting roster. One quarterback, two running back, two wide receiver, tight end, flex, defense, kicker. So, like, very, very basic. And I had, like... Honestly, I had too many decisions that I had to make between my bench and my starting lineup, and I was like, I need to take two of you guys and go go get somebody else. So uh, the Mark Andrews manager drafted both Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts, so he definitely needed some depth at other positions, and it was just a good opportunity to go get uh, one of the top two guys. So, yeah, if definitely you know, just throwing it out there. If there's any way that you could trade two for one and go get yourself one of the top tier players, definitely do so because it's it'll improve your roster quite a bit. Yeah, I always like condensing assets like that if you can. Uh, on the Patriots side, uh, Mac Jones we're not really considering. Maybe a low-end option in uh, Superflex leagues. That's about it. Damian Harris looks like the lead guy in the running back room. I think that's the guy I would be playing. I'd start him with low-end RB2 uh, 
confidence right now. Sorry about my dogs. We have a FedEx guy coming by right now. They're uh, causing a little <laughs> bit of a ruckus. But um, <laughs> Harris, I'm, I'm okay starting him as a low-end RB2 right now. Uh, with, uh, with Montgomery out, we'll kind of see how it plays out when he comes back. But for now, Harris is a decent start. And Stevenson, I think we're just kind of waiting and seeing. Uh, he seems to be the clear 1B to Harris right now. So I'm not really looking his way at the moment. You have anything you want to add on the Patriots running backs? Uh, no, I I agree with everything you just said. I think Stevenson, if he's just more involved in the passing game, he can get some value in a full PPR league. But he's just kind of shown to be just kind of the backup running back at this point. So I'm just holding on to him for the time being. And we actually have some Patriots pass catchers to talk about now, whereas uh, the last couple weeks we really haven't. Uh, Jacoby Myers has found his way onto the uh, you know low end flex radar, especially. Uh, really only in PPR and half PPR leagues. Um, I think you can consider him as your wide receiver three or four in those formats, but that's about it. And then, uh, yeah, if he ends up sitting, I think Nelson Aguilar is the guy I would pivot to. I think he's actually a decent flex option at that point if there's no Jacoby Myers because this Baltimore secondary has looked pretty average or below average to start the year. And, um, yeah, I think Aguilar is a guy I'd pivot to, but, you know, I'm not incredibly excited about really anybody in this passing offense. And then uh, Hunter Henry on the tight end position, I'm, I'm not really looking that way. Anything you want to add on Pats and Ravens, Cody? Nope, I think we're good to go ahead and move on. Cincinnati at the Jets. <clears throat> Cincinnati favored by five points over under 45 and a half. Starting on the Bengals side, this is another game where this is a really make-or-break game for Cincinnati. They absolutely need a win here starting 0-2. Uh, really, it's just the statistics bear out that if you fall to 0-3, your playoff chances are essentially nil, uh, especially in a tough AFC that's going to have a lot of competition even towards the 6-7 spots of, uh, of the order there. So Cincinnati really needs a win here. Uh, starting at the quarterback position, Joe Burrow, he is, you know, he's a starter. Uh, if this O-line looks rough again against a pretty average Jets front seven, then I am going to have serious, serious concerns, but Joe Burrow should have a good week here. Uh, running backs, Joe Mixon's absolutely a must start. And from the, and then, and all the skill position players really for Cincinnati are pretty easy. Mixon, Chase and Higgins, you're starting all of them. And then uh, Tyler Boyd, he'd be a low-end flex option, but I'm probably, you know, I, I hope you have better options. No one yep. really drafted Tyler Boyd to be a starter, so I think you probably have better options than Tyler Boyd. He's really just a handcuff for Higgins or Chase missing time. Uh, Hayden Hurst is the only, as the uh, the tight end I would consider here for Cincinnati, just because this old line's been so bad. Uh, he's actually been a little bit involved so far, but he's a, he's a low-end streamer. Uh, he, you can start him if you need to, but... You know, if you were the Cole Komet manager, maybe uh, Hayden Hurst is your best option at this point. But that's that's kind of about it for the the tight ends there. Cincinnati is pretty easy. Anything you want to add on them? Yeah, no, I put no options here yet because I did not want to recommend having to start Hayden Hurst. But I guess if you do have Cole Komet, he would be an upgrade from that. So, yeah, I, <laughs> I guess that is a good point there. Um, but no, I don't have anything else. Um, my only concern here is just Burrow's fantasy value. If that O-line just continues to get wrecked, you, if you don't have someone, you might want to take a look at adding a, another streamable option and just kind of play the matchups. But we'll kind of we'll see how it plays out this week. On the Jets side of things, Joe Flacco, not really an option. Uh, I think maybe in super flex leagues, he's, he's an okay QB too, but that's about it, not considering him in one quarterback leagues. Uh, the running backs, Michael Carter and Brees Hall. Uh, I think Carter is still the lead guy here, especially with his uh, passing involvement. 
little disappointing to see Ty Johnson get on the field a lot on third downs instead of Brees Hall. Uh, he did catch a 10-yard touchdown last week, did Brees Hall, but uh, his passing work was severely limited last week compared to week one, so that was a little disappointing to see. But we talked about Brees Hall earlier. He's kind of a wait-and-see guy. It's hard to start him right now. He's kind of he's going to be extremely boom-bust because he can hit a big play, but he's not going to get a ton of touches. So I think you're just holding Brees Hall on your bench right now. Uh, he's a decent buy low, but starting Carter as a low-end RB2 out of the two guys here. Um, anything you want to add on the Jets running backs? Nope, I think you nailed it. Wide receiver room, Garrett Wilson is the guy we're starting right now. Seems like he has a decent rapport with Joe Flacco. Not sure what to expect when Zach Wilson comes back, but at least for this week, I would call him a low-end wide receiver too. You can start him. Uh, Eli Moore, I would put in the flex level range. Um, I have I have more confidence than Eli Moore than I think the industry does. A lot of rankings tools that I have been looking at this week have listed more uh, several spots below Wilson, like 12 to 15 spots below Wilson. I don't really see that being the case. You know, it's only been two games. Moore has played more snaps, ran more routes than Garrett Wilson so far. Not saying that's going to be the case long term, but Moore is has been on the field. He's a really good player. Uh, I think his breakout is coming, and I wouldn't. I would be okay playing him this week in a flex spot. Uh, I have I have a little more confidence in Eli Moore than the industry does. Um, and then Corey Davis is also somewhat of an option. Uh, I think he's the third guy behind those other two in this offense, but uh, he's seen a decent target share so far. So if you're in a deep league and you need to throw him in your flex, he's uh, he's there and he's an option. So anything you want to add on the uh, Jets and the Bengals? Yeah, I think Elijah Moore could potentially be another buy low candidate um, just because, again, it's not going to be someone you're going to have to spend a lot to go get. And this wide receiver room is probably going to be wildly inconsistent the entire season. For now, they have Joe Flacco, who's pretty inconsistent compared to most quarterbacks, and then they're going to get an even more inconsistent quarterback in Zach Wilson, which I think I saw a report that he's supposed to come back and play for week four, so... Uh, like even if Wilson has another good week this week, like how much confidence are you going to have when a quarterback change comes? And again, same thing with Moore. If Moore has a rough week this week, I would definitely go out there and trade for him because he might be Zach Wilson's number one target. We don't really know what this offense is truly going to look like. Um, so I just want to throw that out there. Don't get set in stone on these Jets receivers. I think there's a lot of volatility um, for that team in general and that wide receiver room. Yeah, I have a lot of Garrett Wilson right now, and I'm very scared about what Zach Wilson coming back means for him uh, long term. Hopefully he can stay involved in the offense. Uh, Moving on to Houston at Chicago. Uh, Chicago favored by two and a half in this one at home. Over under is 40 points. I'd be smashing the under in this game if it were me. (laughs) Uh, But... (laughs) <laughs> starting off with the Texans, uh, quarterback side, Davis Mills. We're not really considering him even in the two QB league. Uh, running backs, Damian Pierce, I actually like a lot this week. I think uh, he's a solid flex level player, maybe even a low end RB2 in non PBR. Hasn't really seen the passing involvement to, to work his way up in half and non or half and full leagues yet, but uh, it looks like he's going to be the lead guy moving forward. So I'm okay playing Pierce against a relatively weak defense here in Chicago. And then uh, on the wide receiver room, you're absolutely starting Brandon Cooks, and that's kind of the end of the list of anybody in Houston that we're considering. Uh, anything you want to add on the Texans, Cody? Yeah, just a quick real-life uh, decision I'm having to make here. Damian Pierce or Ezekiel Elliott on Monday night in a flex in a flex rule? Man, uh, I think I would stick with Zeke, but it's very close, and yeah. the fact that we have to ask that question is just 
sad to me, but I think lean and Zeke, but not very strongly. I like, I do like Pierce quite a bit this week. I think you can start him as your RB two if you need to. Yeah. Uh, on the Bears side, the quarterback position, Justin Fields, more confidence than Mills, but with this low pass volume offense, it's really hard to trust Fields. I'd say he's a low end QB two in super flex leagues. That's about it. Uh, running backs, David Montgomery, yep, you're 100% starting him. He's in the RB2 discussion this week. Uh, should be the lead guy against a you know weak Texans defense. May not be as weak as we thought, but he should still get you know a ton of carries in a game that they are favored, and it's clear that the Bears want to establish the run even when they're down. So I think Montgomery is going to get a lot of work either way. Uh, wide receiver room, Darnell Mooney, I... I'm holding him one more week to see if we can, you know, see something from him in the passing game. The Bears cannot go all year throwing 15 passes a game. They're going to have to open up the offense at some point. Hopefully, Mooney is the guy when that happens, but you're holding him right now. You can't not even consider starting him with how low this pass volume has been. Uh, but, again, he's just a guy you're holding on your bench. And same for Cole Komet. I think I would actually be comfortable dropping him just because of the, the volatility at the tight end position. Uh, so he's, he's, he's less a hold, more of a drop, uh, but you know, he should see more involvement as the year goes on. But again, he's a tight end. This is kind of how it ends up going. He's going to just best case scenario. I think he'll find his way into the streaming category, but that's about it. Yeah. Anything you want to add on the bears? No. Yeah. Just a quick, do a quick rundown. Justin Fields, you're basically just hoping he can break off a long run play to kind of save his week. Maybe run in a touchdown Montgomery, obviously a much start. And then same with Mooney. Like, I just don't know what happened because he was such a target hog last year. Like, he was fantasy relevant based on just volume alone, and he's had almost no volume through two weeks. So, I don't know if that's just they're phasing him out of the game plan. If he's struggling as a player himself, it's just it's kind of tough to see, but hopefully, we see something in week three. Um, but if you don't, I would be okay moving on from him if there's someone on your waiver wire that, that you need to go out there and get. Agreed, 100% on Mooney. Uh, Detroit at Minnesota is our next matchup. Minnesota favored by six points at home, over-unders 52-and-a-half. Uh, pretty telling that Detroit is only six-point dogs on the road against a you know pretty solid playoff contender. I think they've shown us quite a bit in these first two weeks. Starting on the Lions side, uh, Jared Goff in the streaming category in one quarterback leagues, especially with all of the... Uh, you know, the, the Hall of Fame level guys, Tom Brady, <laughs> Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, all having tough matchups and or just missing pieces in their offense this week. I think golf is pretty interesting compared to all of them, honestly. Uh, I'd probably start him over uh, Russ and Brady, probably keep Rodgers in over golf. But I think I would start golf over both of those guys, considering the lack of options they have. Uh, running back room for actually, would you would you agree with me on that golf? I, I would agree would with you. Stick yes. with the other guys. I and I would even consider starting them over Aaron Rodgers, depending on who's available in that receiving room. So I think Jared Goff's definitely up there above those guys this week. Yeah, I mean this offense has just been pretty impressive. It's moved the ball well, and it offers him a lot of touchdown potential in a game that should be pretty high scoring here with yeah. an over under of fifty two and a half. That's pretty juicy. Uh, running back room, you're starting DeAndre Swift. He looks outstanding so far. Uh, Jamal Williams, I think we'd consider a flex option in a deep league. Much better in non-PPR than uh, full and half. Uh, does get the goal line work here, but you're this is kind of the classic. You're just hoping he falls into the end zone. You're not going to get a ton in the way of catches or uh, yards on the ground. That's kind of Swift's role in this offense. So hopefully Williams scores once or twice, but that's kind of what you're hoping for if you're starting Jamal. 
Uh, in the wide receiver room, Amon Ross St. Brown, you're starting him. Uh, all other wide receivers, I'm not really looking towards. DJ Chark's the only one I would even consider, uh, but he is a very, very deep league flex play. Uh, that's about yeah, it. After his, and then DJ uh, Hawkinson. After his zero last. Gonna... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yep, go ahead and knock out TJ. No, I was just going to run through Hawkinson real quick. Yep. But yeah, he's a low-end starter. You're hoping for a touchdown there, uh, but he's probably in your lineup if you drafted him. Anything, uh, yeah, go ahead and get your piece in yeah. on the lines. Yeah, DJ Chark was zero points last week. I I would hope to have someone that I'd have a little bit more confidence in, but again, I guess yeah, he, he could potentially get a deep touchdown, which would make his week, but I would hope to have a different option. And then, yeah, I agree with everybody else. Hawkinson, if he has a good week, I would maybe even consider if you could upgrade at tight end, maybe trying to move on from him. He just doesn't look to be uh, in that top tier of tight ends like we kind of expected. Not expected him to be, but he was kind of drafted to be um, in the NFL draft, not in fantasy drafts. But someone I would maybe consider moving if he has a, a boom week this week. Yeah, 100%. Uh, this this game's actually... This, this is a pretty solid matchup to, to start those auxiliary pieces if you need to, just because there should be a lot of points. I think more so in DFS than in uh, right. you know, year-long year long, uh, fantasy. But moving on to the Vikings side, Kirk Cousins. Uh, he is a definitely a startable asset this week. I would put him in the mid-tier QB1 discussion because of the matchup and uh, the over-under here. Uh, Cousins should see a bounce back after you know kind of a rough outing against the Eagles on the road last Monday night. Uh, running back, Stalvin Cook, yep, you're starting him. Wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, you're starting him. Uh, Alan Thielen, or excuse me, Adam Thielen, hoping he gets into the end zone here. I think if there's a game you're going to start Thielen, it should be this one, but I'm still not incredibly confident. Uh, I'd call him a low-level flex. Uh, let me get your temperature on Thielen a little bit here. I'm going to throw out a couple names. Would you play Thielen or uh, Juju? Oh man, that hurts. Um, I guess I I would lean Thielen very slightly. I think in all Thielen formats, or... yeah. I think I just in all formats. Sorry, I would lean Thielen. Uh, I just think that he is the clear wide receiver too in this offense, and Juju could be the third or fourth option for the Chiefs. So, Thielen or Damian Pierce. Uh, non PPR, definitely Damian Pierce. I would even consider him in half PPR. Oh, I full PPR. I could understand if you want to go Thielen. Just if he gets a couple receptions, it's going to be hard to to beat that, especially if he gets in the end zone. But I would strongly consider Damian Pierce over Adam Thielen in all formats. Adam Thielen or Nelson Aguilar if Jacoby Myers sits. If Jacoby Myers sits, I would go Aguilar because they should have a pretty good matchup against the Ravens secondary. And uh, he should be kind of a target hog. He hopefully will take over that Jacoby Myers role if Myers were to miss. So I would, I would lean Aguilar. I think in all formats. Yeah, Adam Thielen might be on the drop radar if he has another another bad week this week against the Lions. I mean, it's going to be tough if he if he doesn't show out this week. It's you know, it's like when are you going to be comfortable starting him if not at yeah. home against Detroit? So, make uh, a break game here for Adam Thielen. Uh, the tight end room, Irv Smith, showed some life last week. He could be the uh, the second in command here behind Justin Jefferson in the passing offense, and uh, I would call him a pretty decent streamer against Detroit at home this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, he could emerge, uh, like we said, if, if Thielen is just you know on the downtrend, he's 32 years old, he could just be cooked at this point in his career. Irv Smith could be the number two pass catcher in this offense, and he's a solid streamer this week. 
Yep. Anything you want to add on Lions Vikings, Cody? Yep. Nope. I agree. Irv Smith, if he's out there on your waiver wire, and uh, you know you were banking on a Dalton Schultz getting healthy or something like that, go up there, go out there and snag him now because he should have a pretty good week this week against a uh, rough defense in the Lions. Yeah, and I like him rest of season two. Should be a solid option moving forward. Next game here, Philadelphia at Washington. Uh, the Eagles favored by six and a half points on the road against the Commanders over under 47 and a half. That line is extremely telling to me about how Vegas feels about these Eagles. Uh, a six and a half point favorite on the road in a divisional matchup where, I mean, the Commanders haven't been world beaters so far this year, but the offenses look pretty good. I, I'd say they've been kind of as advertised, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, six and a half points is quite a bit on the road in, in, in division, especially. So impressive that the Eagles are uh, given that, you know, that much of a of a favorite on the road here. Uh, starting on the Philadelphia side, you're absolutely starting Jalen Hurts. And uh, for the running backs, Miles Sanders, we're starting him as well. I'd call him a, you know, mid-tier to low-end RB2 just because of the lack of passing work and the... Uh, the touchdowns will be hard to come by for Sanders with so many other options in that backfield and Jalen Hurts stealing a lot of the goal line carries, but he's just looked really good and he's going to get 15 to 20 touches in a really good offense. It's hard to sit him. Uh, anything you want to add on Hurts or Sanders? Nope. I agree with both of them. I think Sanders, yeah, he's in that RB2 consideration. He's looked really good through the first couple weeks. You're starting A.J. Brown. Uh, Devontae Smith had a nice bounce back last week. Uh, I think he is in the flex level radar right now. I want to get your temperature on Smith. He's probably a name that would uh, have a lot of questions about, let's see here, uh, Devontae Smith or Eli Moore. I would go Eli Moore. As I said when we did our Jets, uh, Jets matchup, I just think that wide receiver room is completely volatile, and you don't know who could be the, uh, the main guy this week. So I would still bet on Moore in that matchup. Devontae Smith or Juju Smith-Schuster? Um, this one's really close to me. I would maybe just lean Juju only because I'm just going to take Mahomes passing pie over Jalen Hurts. But uh, that one's super close. I mean, if, if Juju bust again, he's droppable. And I don't think you're going to drop Devontae Smith. So maybe you lean Devontae, but I think I would go Juju if I had to, but that is, that's a tough matchup. That's a tough choice there. Devontae Smith or Adam Thielen? Last one. Uh, I'm still going to go with Adam Thielen, I think. I don't know. That, that's another tough one, man. I, let me, let me. Gotta ask the tough questions. Yeah, man, that is, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, I guess I would lean Adam Thielen in that matchup and just hope he gets into the end zone. I feel like I'm talking low on Devontae Smith. I'm not necessarily low. I'm just I'm low on Jalen Hurts' passing ability in general. So it's tough when you're looking at his third passing option and you're looking at, you know, other guys that have pretty good receiver matchups this week. And then Dallas Goddard is in your lineup. I would call him a top five tight end at this point. I think he's looked really good. Just hasn't scored yet, so he hasn't had that huge week, but he's been super involved in a good offense. So Goddard sure. is a starter. On the Washington side of things, uh, Carson Wentz has been very good to start the year for fantasy. Uh, I think he can be played and call him a low-level streamer just because the Eagles defense looked really good last week against Kirk Cousins and I think will be extra motivated against their old man Carson Wentz. So we'll see how that one goes. It'll be interesting to watch uh, this game play out. 
I have a couple questions here about Carson Wentz. Let's see. Would you start Carson Wentz or Rodgers slash Brady in that uh, afternoon game? Definitely over Brady. And I would maybe wait and see on Lazard. If Lazard's good to go, I might lean Rodgers. But if not, I think I'd lean Wentz. Wentz or Derek Carr against the Titans? I think I would lean Derek Carr in that one. I would agree on all four there. I'd go Carr, Wentz, uh, Rodgers, Brady. As of now, and if Rodgers has all of his guys, I'd probably move him ahead of Wentz. Uh, running back room for the Commanders. I think you're still starting Antonio Gibson. Uh, the matchup is definitely tough, but RB is really rough already this year after you get past about 15 or 16 in the rankings. So I think a guy that gets this much work is just going to have to be played. Uh, J.D. McKissick is also an option. He kind of refound his passing game role last week against the Lions, and I think if uh, you know if the Commanders trail here, especially in the second half, you should see a decent amount of volume for J.D. McKissick. So I think he can be flexed. Would you rather start J.D. McKissick or Naheem Hines against the Chiefs? Kind of a I think those those guys profile extremely similarly, especially in these games, uh, being you know being home dogs to uh, pretty good teams. I think I'd lean McKissick just because Washington has been more willing to take Gibson off the field as opposed to having to take Jonathan Taylor off the field in Indianapolis. So uh, McKissick just slightly over Hines. And then McKissick or Devontae Smith in the same game? Uh, full PPR, I would actually go McKissick. He could definitely out-target and out-receive Devontae Smith in this game. Um and then if, you, if you're if you in a non-PPR, I might call my shot on Devontae Smith, and he may just get a longer, you know, a long passing touchdown or something like that, whereas McKissick may just get five or six dump-down passes throughout the game. Yeah, good call there. I would agree. Devontae Smith and non-McKissick in half and full. Uh, the wide receiver room, actually extremely interesting for Washington this year. Uh, three options that we need to talk about here. All of them have tough matchups, though, so I'm bumping them down a little bit from where I would have them normally uh, because the Eagles' corners are very good. So uh, Terry McLaurin's where we're going to start. Uh, he's been more of just kind of a, a traditional deep threat this year rather than the number one receiver we've seen him be so far in his career. Uh, I think that's just kind of a virtue of Dotson and Samuel being healthy and being options in this offense. And it just kind of working out that, you know, Samuel has sort of been the possession guy. Dotson, I guess, is kind of the middle ground there on the other side of the field. And then McLaurin is the guy that profiles as the deep target out of these three. So that's just kind of the role he's been given. I think it'll lead to boom bust weeks for Derry McLaurin, but um, he should have a couple boom weeks uh, in there as well. So I'd call him a low end wide receiver too. And, uh, you know, I'm slightly concerned about the role long-term, but he should have some big games as well. So it could end up being an okay uh, outcome for McLaurin there. And then on Dotson and Samuel, I think both these guys kind of fall into a similar category, uh, being, you know, the slight twos in this offense to McLaurin, if you want to call him that. Samuel has really been the one so far as far as targets go, but I like Dotson a lot. I think his targets have his targets have been low, but he's been on the field a ton. So I'm really encouraged with what I've seen so far. I'd call him a flex-level player. Uh, I think, you know, in full PPR, you're probably leaning Samuel because of his target volume so far. But in half and non, I think I'd go Dotson for his touchdown upside. And then uh, as we talked about with, as I talked about earlier, Curtis Samuel, he's also a startable asset. Again, a tough matchup for all these guys. But I'm just going to get your temperature on uh, Dotson and Samuel real quick. Who would you rather start out of those two? Um, I think... I think I would lean Dotson. 
But just barely. I think they're both pretty close to each other overall. Um, but I think Dotson's looked like a really good player, you know, just in general on an NFL field. And like we talked about earlier with these rookies, I would, you know, like to bet on them over some of these retreads. And I think I would take Dotson in this game and probably for the rest of the season. And let's just go rookie wide receiver debate here. Dotson, London, or Garrett Wilson. Rank those three. Oh, I am going London, Wilson, Dotson. Um, but that is a little bit biased just based on how Garrett Wilson looked last week. Uh, like I said, when it comes to the Jets receiving room, we're not sure what's going to end up happening there. Uh, so Dotson could easily surpass Wilson if he's just getting consistent work and Wilson looks inconsistent. So just something to keep your eye on there. But I think London is the the clear number one rookie so far. On and a consistent basis. For- yeah, sorry. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. I think uh, I'd, I'd have them ranked the same way. Uh, tight end room, Logan Thomas, as we've talked about previously, he is in the streaming radar. It kind of scares me a little bit to talk about four different pass-catching options for the commanders in a Carson Wentz-led offense. I think that kind of spells trouble. But uh, Logan Thomas, and with his involvement and how shitty the tight end position has been so far, I think you can go ahead and stream him. And, uh, you know, just know that there may be a down game coming for Carson Wentz here, but... You know, tight end has been really rough this year, so you can start Logan Thomas. Anything you want to add on Eagles commanders? Nope, you nailed it there with Logan Thomas. We're good to move on. New Orleans at Carolina. Uh, New Orleans favored by three points over under only 40 and a half in this one. Um, Not necessarily a juicy matchup for fantasy here. Starting on the Saints side, uh, Jameis Winston, I'd call a low-end QB2 option. This is not the week to stream him. He's, uh, you know, got a tough matchup on the road. I would avoid Jameis this week. Running back room, Alvin Kamara looks like he should be back this week. He's a must-start if he plays, and Ingram I would call a flex option if Kamara is scratched. But, uh, you know, that's pretty it's pretty easy in the Saints room. If Alvin Kamara plays, you play him. If he doesn't, Mark Ingram is an option. Wide receiver room, I think you're starting Michael Thomas right now. You're still riding the hot hand there. Again, I'd still put him in that sell-high uh, category as of now. But uh, hopefully he has another good week if you're trying to sell him high, and then you can really capitalize on that value. I think Chris Olave is the guy I would want for the rest of the year in this uh, this offense. Hasn't had that breakout game just yet, but 13 targets last week, and he seems like he is kind of the deep threat in this offense. So if he can combine a high target volume and that role, he could really break out here for the Saints. So Chris Olave is the guy I'm targeting the rest of the year. And uh, Jarvis Landry is clearly behind both those guys for me. He's an option in full PPR. He's been involved, but uh, not a ton of upside there. Anything you want to add on the Saints, Cody? Nope, I think you nailed it there. I think. Well, I, I will just say Chris Olave is the one guy I would target out of this team if you're looking to make some trades. Um, 13 targets last week. I would consider him a little boom bust just because we don't know where that target share is going to go, but if I had to bet on one for the rest of the season, it would be Olave. Yeah, and I really, really like Alave and what I've seen so far. I, I think he's going to have a great uh, rest of the year here. So you should definitely go trade for him if you can uh, at this moment. He probably doesn't have too much value in redraft leagues right now. On the Panthers side, uh, this is pretty easy. Quarterback, you're not considering Baker Mayfield against the tough matchup with the Saints. CMC, tough matchup with the Saints, but you're definitely starting him. Uh, in the wide receiver room, DJ Moore, I think you're starting him as well. But yeah, like you said, this is another tough matchup, and... 
you know, it's just uh, it's hard to trust DJ Moore right now with uh, the inconsistency at the quarterback position. So, Cody, would you go with DJ Moore or Michael Thomas in the same matchup? I th- I put that on there because I think I would sadly lean Michael Thomas. Um, I think the Saints are a really good defense, and if DJ Moore just draws uh, Marshawn Lattimore the entire game, we saw what he did to Mike Thomas or Michael uh, Mike Evans. So. I think I would I would lean Michael Thomas just slightly, but yeah, DJ Moore. We thought Baker may have been the best quarterback he's ever played with. He still might be, but just doesn't look like it's doing anything for his fantasy value. DJ Moore or the rookies that we just talked about, Dotson, London, or uh, Garrett Wilson. Um, are we talking about just this week or season long? This just this week. Yeah. Just this week, I think it would be really hard to do. I don't even know. I think I would start Wilson in London over him, and then DJ Moore or Dotson. I would probably just lean more only because Dotson's, you know, either number two, three, or four on the targets there, and you don't really know where he's going to fall. Whereas DJ Moore should be the number one receiver for uh, the Panthers. But if you want to take the shot on the rookie Dotson, I'd completely understand because if DJ Moore doesn't get in the end zone, he might be relatively invaluable for your fantasy team. No, we're not really considering any of the auxiliary options in uh, Carolina, especially this week with the tough matchup against the Saints. You're looking elsewhere there. Um, Moving on to the 3 o'clock slate games here. We're starting off with Jacksonville at the Chargers. Chargers favored by 7 in this one. Over-under is 47.5. I don't know about you, but uh, 7 points is a little lower than I was expecting for this game. I think it's a testament to how good Jacksonville has looked so far. Uh, a 2-15 and 15 team traveling to face uh, the Chargers, who would you would consider a Super Bowl contender, only being favored by 7 points, is a little bit surprising. Uh, so basically, like, just think about it this way. At essentially, Vegas views the Chargers just as big of favorites at home against Jacksonville as they do the Eagles on the road against the Commanders. That is a pretty jarring statistic if you really think about it from that perspective so uh jacksonville has impressed uh the the odds makers in vegas so you should keep an eye on them for sure this is a kind of an interesting litmus test for them this is a tough defense on the road if they can if their offense looks good this week uh, i think you know the stock way up for basically all these options uh because that means that they're probably going to be startable pretty much every week moving forward on the quarterback side for Jacksonville, it's Trevor Lawrence, the number 101 in the 2021 draft. Uh, he's a solid solid start in two QB leagues, but I think we're looking elsewhere uh, for one QB leagues with a tough matchup. Uh, running back room, James Robinson and Travis Etienne. I think you're leaning uh, Robinson clearly right now based on his volume, and I think I'd call him an RB2 right now uh, just because he's getting a lot of work, but uh, a little bit of a bump down because of the tough matchup. And then uh, on ETN side, I think you consider him as a flex and full PPR, but I'm hoping I have better options. I'm just kind of waiting and seeing on ETN, hoping for that role to expand. But um, again, Robinson's the guy you want out of that running back room right now. Anything you want to add on the uh, the quarterbacks and the running backs in Jacksonville? Um, no, I don't think so. I think you nailed it. I have a little bit more, you know, Trevor Lawrence uh, confidence than you do, but I, I do agree. This is a fairly tough matchup. This defense made Patrick Mahomes look kind of rough last week, so I would probably look elsewhere if you are a Trevor Lawrence truther like myself. Sneaky, sneaky shootout potential in this game here today, or today, excuse me, this weekend. Uh, if the, if the Jackson, again, like I said, if the Jacksonville offense can show us anything here in this game, I'm going to be really, really high on their options the rest of the year. Oh, yeah. Uh, wide receiver room, Christian Kirk, he's a start 
Uh, again, we're going to have a tough matchup here for Jacksonville, but Kirk has just been so involved and has been clearly the number one guy. Uh, he is definitely start-worthy in this one, especially because you'd figure that Jacksonville is going to have to throw to keep up with this Chargers offense. Uh, I've got a couple guys I want to get some temperature on Kirk with. Uh, would you rather start CeeDee Lamb against the Giants or Christian Kirk? I'm going to go C.D. Lamb. Uh, Dalton Schultz is most, will most likely be out this week, so I think Lamb's uh, targets should go up. His they're, they're just going to need him in that offense this week, so I would slightly lean Lamb over Kirk, um, but just slightly. Michael Thomas or Christian Kirk? Christian Kirk, without a doubt. I, I think he's the clear number one in this offense, whereas Michael Thomas could be the number one or the number three, depending how the targets shake out, or the number four if Alvin Kamara comes back and, and gets some targets as well. So I think Michael Thomas is still a little uh, – his odds of being inconsistent are still too high on that team right now, whereas Christian Kirk seems to be the only and main passing option for um, – uh, Lawrence that's going to have any fantasy football relevance. Hopefully you listened to us in the preseason. We were both pretty high on Christian Kirk compared to his draft Hate him value. for a reason. So, uh, now now yeah, look at if it. You, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that contract got crapped on without any regard for uh, Christian Kirk as a man. And we, I think a lot of people might owe Christian Kirk some apologies at the end of this year if he can continue uh, the run that he's on. He's looked really good so far. Uh, tight end room, Evan Ingram. I'm probably avoiding him with a tough matchup, but he could work his way into the streaming radar with another good week here. He was pretty involved in week two. Hopefully that continues uh, for Evan Ingram. But uh, right now I think I am waiting and seeing, and uh, hopefully he works his way onto that streaming radar. Anything else on – oh, excuse me, i got to get to the Chargers. But anything else on the, uh, the, the Jaguars here? Nope. You can go ahead and start with the Chargers. Chargers. Uh, this this game's actually pretty easy from a Chargers perspective. Uh, I like these I like these super good offenses that are really condensed. It makes it easy on us. Uh, the quarterback position, Justin Herbert. You just need to watch the injury. It changes just about everything in this game if he doesn't play. Uh, but obviously, you're starting him if he's in. Austin Eckler. You're starting either way, even if Herbert doesn't play. Uh, the wide receiver room, Keenan Allen. Again, another one where we have an injury. Uh, variable here uh, he's in if he plays no matter what but uh, again if he doesn't play you just gotta you gotta keep an eye on it that one's pretty 50 50 to me mike williams um he is absolutely in your lineup uh, if justin herbert doesn't play i think i'm probably avoiding all the chargers wide receivers to be honest just because i don't know what to expect from chase daniel but i think you can still throw mike williams in your lineup and just kind of hope especially if Allen isn't in and then uh, Palmer, I think you can play him if Allen sits, but otherwise he's uh, just a bench stash at that point. Anything uh, you want to add on the Chargers uh, um, options? I think I would just throw a little caveat in there for Palmer. Yeah, I think he's a flex play if Allen sits and Herbert plays. If Chase Daniels is the starting quarterback, I would not have very much faith in Josh Palmer being fantasy relevant this week. Oh, 100%. Yeah, he's not even, not even on your radar yeah. if Chase Daniels in. I will say that... The fact that Vegas has the line up right now for the Chargers is pretty telling that they think uh, Herbert's going to play. Usually when we have these ambiguous quarterback situations where it's a you know 50-50 chance he's going to play, not play, the line will not even be available to bet on. So the fact that it is available means that Herbert's probably going to be in. I think that's just uh, something to consider there. Yep. But uh, the last, last bit here on the Chargers, Gerald Everett, he's a low-end starter if uh, – Low-end starter if Allen plays, and even probably even a mid-tier starter if Allen doesn't play. But he's in your lineup either way as long as Herbert is the quarterback there. 
Anything you want to add on Jags, Chargers, or can we move on? Yep. So if if it's uh, Chase Daniels, are you still considering Gerald Everett at tight end? I think at this point in the week, you're probably locked in with them, but any caveats there? If Allen is out and Herbert is out, I'm still pretty comfortable starting Everett. Okay, um, cool. If Allen is in and Herbert is out, then you know I think you can still start him, but he'd probably be in that streaming category at that point. You just got to know that uh, there's a really low floor there that if that is the case. So yep. just keep that in mind with Everett. Rams at Cardinals. Uh, Rams favored by three and a half points on the road here over under 48 and a half. Uh, we had some interesting games between these two teams last week. The Cardinals crushed the Rams uh, early on in on the road last year. And then uh, the Rams got the better of the Cardinals in their building and then in the playoffs as well. The Rams have kind of historically owned the Cardinals under Sean McVay other than the one matchup last year early on. So we'll see how this one plays out. But starting on the Rams side, Matthew Stafford, he's a low-end starter. Uh, would you rather start Stafford or Cousins this week, Cody? I would go Cousins. I think just the matchup's a little bit juicier for me with uh, him going up against Detroit inside of a dome. So I'd go Cousins. Uh, Stafford, I don't mind, but again, I want to see him have a solid, another solid wide receiver option on his team before I have a lot of confidence starting Stafford on a weekly basis. The running back room for the Rams is a little muddy, uh, but I think Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson could pretty much be thrown into the same boat at this point. Uh, Daryl Henderson obviously dominated touches in week one. It seems like that was more because Akers was working his way back from injury. Last week, Henderson saw 56% of the snaps to Akers 44%, a pretty even split. I would probably expect about that moving forward. Uh, pretty much 50-50. I'd put both of these guys in the back-end RB2 discussion, maybe even flex discussion. Uh, but a, a, a decent matchup against the Cardinals. They have not been world beaters on defense so far, so I think you can start either one of these guys. Would you start Damian Harris or one of these two guys? I think I would start Damian Harris over both of them. Curtis Samuel or uh, Akers or Henderson? Uh, in full PPR, Curtis Samuel. In half PPR... I think I'm still leaning Curtis Samuel, and then non-PPR and like a flex play, I'd probably lean either of the two running backs over Curtis Samuel. Um, but if you want to, if you want to chase Curtis Samuel, I don't blame you. He's looked pretty good through two weeks. But I think I would lean the running backs in non-PPR. Wide receiver room, uh, we're starting Cooper Cup, no question. Allen Robinson. Uh, he's probably going to see a lot of Byron Murphy this week. He is uh, Arizona's number one corner. He does shadow, and he really only stays on the outside, does not travel yep. to the slot where Cooper Cup occupies, uh, you know, obviously most of the time. So Robinson will see a lot of Byron Murphy, so a slight downgrade on top of Robinson already being a bit disappointing to start this year. So Robinson or uh, Henderson slash Akers? I think I would lean the running backs in in this matchup. Uh but just slightly over Allen Robinson. And then Robinson or Rashad Penny against Atlanta at all? I would go with Allen Robinson in that matchup. I think Rashad Penny, he didn't look very good last week, and I'm a little bit concerned about what that Seahawks backfield is going to look. I know that their running game was kind of phased out because they were down a lot in that game, so we'll kind of see how, how this week looks. I'd like to sit both Seattle running backs if I can, at least at this time. Yeah, agreed. I think Robinson will go pretty far up in the rankings if um, he can have a good week this week, just because, again, tough matchup. And you know, if he can show me something again this week after looking pretty good last week, I'll be a little bit more encouraged. 
Uh, Tyler Higby, I'd call him a low-end starter. He's probably in your lineup if you have him. Uh, you know, he's, he is what he is at this point, not a world beater, but uh, if he's going to see seven, eight targets, he's going to be on the tight end streaming radar for sure. Yep, for sure. Moving on to the Arizona Cardinals side of the, the docket here. Quarterback position, Kyler Murray. I'd saw him a low-end starter with a tough matchup. Would you rather start Stafford or Murray in this matchup, Cody? I have to go Murray. His rushing upside is... Um, right up there with the best of them. So I would lean Kyler Murray. Yeah, I think I would too. It's pretty interesting, the the contrast here between those two, just because uh, Stafford obviously has the easier matchup and then Murray uh, has the tough one but has the rushing upside. So I think that's where you have so, to lean. I know. I want to uh, redirect you here. Murray or Kirk Cousins? Oh, man, that is such a good question, and that's pretty funny that you asked me that. I actually had a buddy of mine text me and ask me the exact same question uh, earlier this week. I told him that I lean Kyler Murray, but Kirk Cousins is probably the safer play. So I think I would start Kyler Murray, but you know, maybe if you, are, you have like a really easy matchup this week and you think your team is much better than your opponents, you, you might want to go Cousins just for the, the chance that Kyler Murray and the Cardinals get just destroyed on Sunday. I think that possibility exists where that doesn't really exist for the, the Lions and the, the Vikings. Yep. Running backs for the Cardinals. James Conner is in if he plays, but he is pretty iffy right now. Um, his, he practiced a li- unlimited on Thursday, but he just hurt that ankle last Sunday, so really got to monitor Conner's involvement. And then I think I'm trying to avoid his backups if he doesn't play. Daryl Williams is the guy I would throw in if you're desperate, but uh, yeah, I think I'm trying to avoid both of them. I think they'll just kind of split time there in Arizona. Uh, And then wide receiver room, Marquise Brown is a low-end starter. He's been just disappointing so far this year. I don't really know what it is exactly. Uh, His targets have been there, just has not really had the connection with Murray that we thought to start this year. Uh, let me get a little bit of a temperature check on Marquise Brown with you. Would you rather start DJ Moore or Marquise Brown? I'm still going Marquise Brown over DJ Moore. And then uh, Marquise Brown or Rashad Bateman? And then I would go Rashad Bateman over Marquise Brown. So I'd go Bateman, Brown, Moore. Um, just it kind of all comes down to, I mean, for DJ Moore, I just, I'm not going to trust Baker to be able to move an offense when he just shows that he kind of can't. And Marquise Brown he's still a deep option in what should be what we expect to be a decent offense. We just got word Rondale Moore is going to be out again. The sleeper notification came through. So I think that, you know, the issue for Brown is he's the only real receiving option. So he's just getting all of the defense's attention. It's going to be tough, but I think there's, there's better days ahead for Marquise Brown. And then I'm just high on Rashad Bateman. I think he's going to be pretty good. So I would have him above all of them. Yeah, Marquise Brown does scare me a little bit with this week with uh, the possible Jalen Ramsey shadow. Um, He should at least see some snaps away from him, but uh, Jalen has been shadowing a little bit more this year, so he could see a ton of Marquise Brown this Sunday. That that could spell trouble for uh, Marquise, but we'll see. Uh, Tight end room, Zach Ertz is a low-end starter until Hopkins comes back. He's going to see a lot of targets, and from the tight end position, that's really all you can ask for, so he's probably in your lineup if you drafted him. Anything else on the Cardinals and the Rams, or do you want to move on? Um, I'll just throw out there Greg Dorch. If you, Greg Dorch, if you need a really uh, low end flex play option, I mean he seems to be at least somewhat involved in this offense. But again, very low low end flex option there. 
probably worth having on your bench just for the team name possibilities. I, I can't think of one in my head right now, but there's got to be something really good there. That's just <laughs> that's just a fun name to say. There's, I, I I'm gonna have to think on that one for a little bit, but for sure. I think there's something really good, uh, really good there. Someone more creative than me could probably come up with something pretty uh, pretty funny. So, Greg Dortch, uh, decent option in DPPR leagues. Atlanta at Seattle's our next game. Seattle favored by two and a half points in this one, over under 42. I think I would play the over in this one. I expect these offenses to be a little more successful than maybe people expect. I think both of them have been, uh, at least Atlanta's offense has been better than expected so far this year. Seattle maybe just kind of what we expected, but Atlanta's defense, not anything scary. On the quarterback side for Atlanta, Marcus Mariota, I'd call him a solid QB2 play this year or this year, uh, excuse me, this week, uh, and probably moving forward as well with his rushing involvement, honestly. Uh, I have <laughs> interesting and ridiculous question that I can't believe I'm asking, but would you play Marcus Mariota or Tom Brady this Yeah, week? I can't believe you're asking, and I can't believe I'm going to answer, uh, but I would go Marcus Mariota this week, I think. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, it's just with, with Brady, it's just look at the options he has. I mean, we're at the point where they, they picked up um, – uh, Cole Beasley, and he's he's already looking like he's going to have to play this week because they just have no wide receivers there. The tight end room doesn't have a great receiving option. I just I, I would rather just bet on what I think may look like the better offense this week. I'm not saying for a season long basis, but if Mariota you know rushes in a touchdown and throws in another, I think he could definitely outperform Brady this week in fantasy. Cody, not very high on Beasles. Uh, unfortunately, not going to save Brady's bacon this week. I, I, I would. I don't know if I would have the courage to go Mariota over Brady, honestly. But I, I wouldn't blame you if you did. It's, it's going to be pretty tough for Tom Brady against a good secondary to, to get anything so, done there. So, so I, I have a question for you, and you, this is our league. I have, I picked up Tua. I believe in that league. I also picked up Mariota because I like Mariota's matchup a lot more this week than Tua. Would you still start Tua over Mariota against the Bills? I think with that high over-under, you have to go Tua, yeah. especially after last week. That's, I just I think fair. his uh, his passing volume is just going to make him a lot safer than Mariota. I think as, as much as I've been impressed with Atlanta's offense so far this year and as much as Seattle's defense doesn't scare me, I, just, I do realize that sometimes these road games, uh, especially in Seattle, can just get – you know, like some, I could see this offense just completely stagnating yeah, that's, and having a bad day. My other thing was it being in Seattle. How is he going to go there and perform? Yeah, I, I agree. I was a little bit shaky on starting him over to – I actually picked him up in a couple leagues. And you're right, this is the potential of just a complete dud week in Seattle, um, you know, on the road in a pretty hostile road environment. So those are some good points. Definitely going to have to make me reconsider before Sunday. Running back room for Atlanta, uh, Cordero Patterson's the option you're considering. I actually like him quite a bit this week. Uh, Seattle's kind of notorious for giving up uh, running back receptions, and Patterson profiles as the guy in this offense that would fill that role. Uh, Tyler Algier, we didn't really talk about this in the recap show. I don't know how. I forgot to mention this. I uh, mea culpa on my end there, but he was actually uh, given the same amount of carries that Patterson was last week. Now, I'm not considering Algier uh, as a starter right now, but he's definitely worth stashing on your bench if you have room. And uh, if he is going to be consistently involved, he always has the chance to break out and show you know, that he should be the guy here. So encouraging to see Algier involved while Damian Williams is out. Uh, but I think Patterson's the guy you're definitely starting if you're starting one of them. And I like Patterson as a low-end RB2 this week. Wide receiver room, Drake London. Uh, he would be a low-end wide receiver too for me. 
I like him a lot against this weak Seattle secondary. Again, you just have that bust potential from the whole offense uh, in, in this game, but you gotta. I think you got to be starting London after what you've seen so far. Would you rather start Drake London or Jeff Wilson against the Broncos? Uh, Jeff Wilson in non-PPR, Drake London in both half and full PPR. And then London or Rashad Bateman against the Patriots? Yeah, that's a really good, a really good question there. I think... You know, the, the Patriots, they have a decent passing defense. I think I would lean London in all formats. Um, but you're right, there is a chance this offense just has one of those complete dud games, whereas I don't necessarily see the Ravens just having a complete dud. Uh, I'm still leaning London, but I could probably be talked into Bateman if uh, if you, if someone was on the other side. Man, you're starting Kyle Pitts. I think a squeaky wheel game is coming sooner rather than later for him. Uh, you got to throw him in your lineup if you have him. Yeah. On the Seattle side, uh, Geno Smith, we're not considering even in two QB leagues. Uh, running backs Rashad Penny. Uh, this is a pretty good matchup to start him, but I'm still worried that you know Ken Walker is just going to continue to get more involved as the year goes on here. Would you rather start uh, Rashad Penny or the Rams running backs? Uh, I think I'm going with the Rams running backs over Rashad Penny. And then Penny or Thielen? Um, I think I'm slightly leaning Thielen in both half and full PPR. I'd maybe still start Penny in non-PPR, but um, very low confidence in both of these players this week. Wide receiver room for Seattle. Uh, we're looking at DK Metcalf. That's really the only guy I'm considering, but he is, uh, you know, he's got a tough matchup. This is kind of the strength of the Atlanta secondary. Of the Atlanta defense is their secondary. We've talked about that before, and that's kind of bared itself out in the first couple weeks. Um, would you rather start DK Metcalf or Drake London in the same game? I think I would go Drake London. And then Metcalf or Patterson uh, for a flex consideration. I would go Patter. I'd go Patterson. Uh, just based off what you said, I do think Seattle is susceptible to the uh, running back out of the backfield getting a good amount of receptions. Um, with Metcalf, I mean he's an insane athlete and he should be doing more, but he's just this offense with him specifically in this offense have looked rough. Uh, I mean, Tyler Lockett was the guy last week that you would have wanted to start, and I don't even have confidence in considering him. So I think I'm just staying away from this wide receiver room until I can see something better out of Metcalf for now. If you can. If you have to start him in your flex, I get it because you still spent up a little bit in the draft, but I would be playing that waiver wire hard trying to find someone that could replace Metcalf. Agreed. Yeah, Lockett's a boomer bust flex at this point uh, in the season. Moving on to our last 3 o'clock game here. That is Green Bay at Tampa Bay. Um, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, uh, usually is going to be a pretty high-flying matchup, but this week Tampa Bay is favored by one point, and the over-under is 41.5. That is really gross for these two guys. That's generally not something you would see for some uh, for these two, uh, these two signal callers, but unfortunately that's what we're dealing with with the injuries to their pass catchers starting on the green bay side rogers uh low-end starter at best we're kind of monitoring where uh Lazard stands and some of his other pass catchers stand but hopefully he can have those guys in there i think i would play Tua over rogers this week uh running back room aaron jones is a starter for sure aj Dillon, he's a starter as well this tampa run d does not scare me as much as it has in years past it's been a little weaker so far this year and akeem hicks is going to be out for a while so it should be uh beatable especially with the uh the decent packers offensive line they should be fine Dillon or clyde edward zelay 
Yep, I have both. Both these guys are running back two for me, so I don't think it's that big of a gap, but I think I'm slightly leaning Clyde in both half and full PPR, and then I might lean Dylan's way in non-PPR. Dylan or uh, Danny Pierce? And this one, I think maybe almost the opposite. I might go Pierce in non-PPR, and then I might turn Dylan's way in half and full just because he does have some involvement out of the backfield. Um I think I'd actually go Pierce in half and non-PPR and then maybe Dylan in full PPR and just hope he's involved in the passing game this week. But not very much confidence in that. Those are three good names. They're all kind of right in that RB2 category for me. And uh, from the wide receiver room, I think Alan Lazard is the only guy I'm really considering here. Uh, He's a desperation flex even if he does play. If he sits, I guess you can take your shot on Sammy Watkins or Romeo Dobbs or Christian Watson. But, again, I don't know which one of those three it's going to be. Might not be any of them. Could be uh, an Aaron Jones, Robert Tanyan game. So I think I'm probably just avoiding the wide receiver room if Alan Lazard doesn't play and probably trying to avoid it even if he does. Um, And then for Bob Tanyan, he's still a wait and see for me. uh, But he's still an intriguing option. If you want to throw him on your bench, if you have a shaky tight end situation, I would. But uh, I probably would try to avoid starting him. Anything else on the Packers, Cody? Yeah, I think Tanyan and Evan Ingram are kind of in the same category. Just wait and see. Keep them on your radar. If you have an extra bench spot, you want to just kind of reserve somebody. Those are two good names for you, but I would hold off on starting them for now. On the Tampa Bay side, Tom Brady, we're trying to find a streamer for him this week. He's going to have nobody to throw to, and the Packers secondary is very good. Uh, There will be points scored in this game, so, I mean, maybe Brady comes, you know, scratches out two or three touchdowns and makes himself fantasy viable, but a, a big game is just not in the cards with the uh, the current options that he has. Would you rather start uh, Goff or Tom Brady? I would start Jared Goff, unfortunately, as much as I hate to say it. He's just got a really good matchup. His weapons are all healthy, and they're all looking really good. And uh, Brady might be throwing to, like I said, Cole Beasley. And uh, I think Leonard Fournette you know, might be his number, his number two wide receiver option. So I think I would just go ahead and, and lean Goff and bet on the upside there of the entire Leonard offense. Fournette, we're st- yeah, sorry. Yeah, I would agree with that. Leonard Fournette, we're starting. Uh, wide receiver room, Russell Gage and Scotty Miller, the only two I'm considering as desperation flexes, but they are just that, desperation flexes. It could just as easily be Perriman and uh, Cole Beasley. I'm, I'm not sure what to expect here. I'd probably be trying to avoid everybody on this uh, on the pass-catching side of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Anything you want to add on Bucks and Packers, Cody? Yeah, if Julio Godwin... And obviously Mike Evans is already out. But if Julio and Godwin both miss, I think the one guy I would take a shot on is Russell Gage. The other guys out there, you're really just very low-end boomer bust flex options for you. So Russell Gage, I think, may have a little bit more consistency just because he's uh, Brady does seem to target him a good amount. But other than that, I would just avoid the situation. San Francisco at Denver, the Sunday night game. Uh, San Francisco favored by one and a half points on the road here over under 44 and a half. I would play the under there if I was a betting man, which I am. Uh, San Francisco, we're going to start there. Quarterback position, I'm not considering Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe as a low-end starter in Q- two QB leagues, but probably not even that. Uh, running back room, Jeff Wilson. He's a low-end RB2. You can start him. Uh, would you rather start Jeff Wilson or Rashad Bateman? Um, I would actually go Bateman in half and full, and then I would lean Wilson in non-PPR. And then Wilson or Damian Pierce? I am going to lean Damian Pierce in all formats. I just think Wilson may have a tough matchup against Denver this week. 
think Damian Pierce is the line that we have found as the low end RB two this week. I kind of like uh, I so. every week. There seems to be that guy that like provides that measuring stick for us. So I think Pierce is the guy this week. Uh, hold Jordan Mason and monitor his workload. He could see the uh, the TDP role. Tyrion Davis Price. That is, he'll be out for a few weeks with an ankle sprain. Mason has the chance to show something, and San Francisco is never afraid to make a change at running back. So yep. uh, definitely add him, hold him on your bench, and hope that he uh, you know shows out. Wide receiver room, we're starting Debo Samuel uh, for sure. Brandon Ayuk got a bump up this week with Jimmy G coming back, but I'd still call him a low-level flex right now. Uh, would you rather start Brandon Ayuk or Allen Robinson? I'm going to go Allen Robinson. I think uh, he, even though Allen Robinson has a tough matchup, I can. I think I can ensure he's going to get a certain amount of targets where Ayuk is still a little bit of a dark horse in this offense. And then Ayuk or the Rams running back. Same thing. I think I might lean Ayuk in a full PPR and hope that he's just really involved. And then, But in non and half PPR, I'm definitely going to lean the Rams running backs. And I would still consider the Rams running backs in full PPR as well. And uh, George Kittle, you're playing him if he plays. But again, this is a Sunday night game. So if you want to roll the dice on him, just make sure you have another option. Maybe a Ross Dwelly or maybe a a Daniel Bellinger from the Monday night game. Yeah. Yeah. Aguebanam from uh, the, the Denver side too. Yeah, that would be that would be a decent backup. Denver side of things, um, we're gonna start at quarterback. Russell Wilson's another guy I'm really trying to stream if possible. That's if Judy sits. I think if Judy plays, you can go ahead and just keep Russell in there. But uh, I think all the guys we've talked about streaming wise, Golf, uh, Wentz, Mariota, maybe not Mariota. I wouldn't go that low. Uh, but Tua, all three of those guys, I would start over Wilson uh, if Judy is not in. Running backs, uh, Javante we're playing. Melvin Gordon I'm trying to sit in this matchup. Uh, A guy that clearly I think Williams has kind of established himself as the pass catcher, so Gordon's going to have tough sledding against a good San Francisco front seven. Uh, You're kind of hoping he falls into the end zone, but you won't see much in the way of yards for Gordon, so I think I would be trying to sit him if I can. Wide receivers, Cortland Sutton is in for sure, even if Judy's playing. Maybe a slight bump down in the target share if he does, but you're starting with Sutton either way. And then Judy, I'm okay playing him if he starts. He's looked really good while he's been on the field, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's just questionable right now with that rib injury, so you got to monitor. Uh, I'm not really even looking at any of the ancillary options if Judy sits. It's hard to know who's going to be the next guy up. Uh, tight end room. I think there's better streamers available than Albert O. Uh, the one time, the one place I would consider him is like we've talked about. If you have Kittle, he's a good backup option uh, to have on your roster if Kittle sits. Anything you want to add on my shitty Broncos? Oh man, that confidence level's gone quite quite a bit down <laughs> since we started this thing, Nick. Um, no, I think you nailed everybody. Uh, Russell Wilson, he's definitely in the stream category. I think there's better guys out there. Williams must start. Uh, Gordon, I do agree. I think this is definitely a game you'd want to sit him. The 49ers defense looked really good against the rushing attack of uh, Seattle last week. Sutton must start. Judy, yeah, I, I would again play him if he plays. And then Alberto, if Judy sits and you need a uh, tight end option, Alberto, I think gets a little bit of a bump, but this is Sunday night, so I wouldn't be banking the, on that um, if you have another option out there available. I think we will figure it out as the year goes on. By the way, I'm not all the way out on my oh, place. Yeah. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett has really just uh, dampened my confidence in this team as a whole. Yeah. But I think Russell Wilson can overcome it eventually. He just needs some time. They seem to just need like basic, like they just need to have like 
it sounds stupid, but just meetings on just gameplay and like where they want to use timeouts, where they don't, and just like have stuff established going into the game and not just base it off of feel. It just seems like they just don't like having a game plan when they get into certain situations and they're trying to figure it up, figure it out as they go. And I think they will end up kind of getting it ironed out. So I think it'll just take a little bit of time. First time head coach, I think I would consider Russell Wilson in that, you know, diva-ish quarterback. Not entirely, but he has a little bit of a personality that he rolls around with. So I, I, it'll it'll come together. It's just I knew it was gonna it wasn't gonna be a perfect match made in heaven in his first season, but it'll it'll iron out. Don't give up on your Denver options yet. Last game here, Monday night matchup, Cowboys at Giants. The Giants favored by one point. Uh, the over-under is 39. I, I see a lot of lines I really like this week. I would absolutely hammer the Cowboys. I think they're going to win this game for sure. Uh, and their defense is – I just don't really see the Giants being able to move the ball very much on this Cowboys defense. It's a pretty solid unit. Uh, on the Dallas side of things, quarterback room, we're not considering Cooper Rush. Running backs, uh, Zeke is a low-end starter. Uh, in that low-end RB2 category, again, this is a game that you, th- you think that the Cowboys can be competitive in, so Elliott should be involved, has a chance to score a touchdown, but uh, he has not looked that great to start the year. Tony Pollard, I would put in the flex play category, better in PPR leagues. Would you start Pollard or J.D. McKissick? Um, you know, that that's actually a really good line. I think I'm just going to slightly pick Pollard over McKissick just because they seem to have more of a split in Dallas than we're seeing in uh, – uh, in Washington for the time being, but those two are pretty close to each other. But slightly, I'd slightly lean Pollard. Pollard or Ayuk? Yeah, this one I would go Pollard. I think in all formats, um, he's just he's more involved in the passing game. So even in PPR and non PPR or full PPR, he should he p- could potentially out uh, out target out receive Ayuk. So I would lean Pollard in all formats. In the wide receiver room for the Cowboys, uh, C.D. Lamb finds himself in the low-end wide receiver two category. I think that's kind of where he's going to live until Dak comes back uh, with his target share. You can still play him, but probably just doesn't have the same upside. Um, we're waiting and seeing on Michael Gallup. Looks like he's going to play this week. I actually forgot to mention that in the uh, the injury segment of the uh, the show there, but it looks like Gallup will start, And uh, but we're waiting and seeing for sure. He's probably not even an option until Dak comes back anyway. And then I'm not chasing Noah Brown's usage from last week, nope. especially with Gallup on the way back here. Uh, yeah, so that Lamb's really the only guy you're considering there from the wide receiver room. And on the tight end side of things, Dalton Schultz, we said it earlier, you're trying to find another option. I'm not even starting him even if he does play, but I think the odds that he plays are very low with that knee injury. Should He should take a couple weeks off to recover. That was uh, a, a, That would be a tough injury to come back from in one week. Yep. And even if he does, I'm not confident he's got his full allotment of snaps. So... Looking elsewhere for Dalton Schultz. On the uh, anything else you want to add on the Cowboys, or can I move on to the Giants? Nope, you're good. Giants uh, quarterback Daniel Jones. We're not considering, like I said, tough defense in uh, in Dallas here. I think you're you're looking at other options even in two QB leagues. Saquon Barkley is absolutely a start at home. Uh, Sterling Shepard in the wide receiver room is the only guy I'm considering. He's in the flex range. I'm not trying to take a guess at what other wide receivers will be involved here. Shepard is Daniel Jones's guy whenever he's in the lineup and healthy. That's been pretty consistent throughout his career. Uh, I think you can go ahead and start Shepard more so in full PPR and half than uh, non because he's going to catch. He's going to get a lot of targets, catch some passes, but doesn't have huge explosive plays. Usually uh, his week one t- bomb touchdown notwithstanding, uh, I think Shepard's profile is more of a, a, a 
slot guy. So uh, he's, a, he's an option in PPR leagues. And then in the tight end room, Daniel Bellinger. The truthers have been vindicated. He scored a touchdown last week, Cody. Uh, but, yeah, that's about it on Daniel Bellinger. I think um, if you, again, like I said, if you have Kittle and you need somebody to, to be a backup, he is a body that will play tight end uh, on Monday night. So you can hold him for that reason. But I think that's about it. Uh, anything you want to add on this game, Cody? Nope. I think you you nailed that game perfectly. I'm uh, I'm all good. But if you did stick around for the almost two-hour episode here, uh, make sure to uh, like, comment, subscribe, share with everybody. Like we always say, we greatly appreciate it. Um, but, yeah, we'll have best bets that we'll have to get recorded here sometime soon, and then that'll come out tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, so just keep a uh, – Keep an eye out. If you haven't already, subscribe on whatever platform you're on. That way you don't have to go find the link through social media. But, Nick, do you have anything else you want to you wanna say to the people? No, let's get everybody out of here. Uh, good luck in week three, everyone. And then, yeah, that Best Bet segment will be out tomorrow. Hopefully we can keep the good energy from last week yep, going. Five and, and one last uh, week. Hopefully everybody, hopefully everybody comes home with a win this week. For sure. All right. Peace out, everybody. See you guys.